This is 15 Minutes to Freedom. I'm your host, Elite Life Optimization Coach Ryan Nidell, and today is day number three from Rhythmia Life Advancement Center in Costa Rica. So today was a different day. I'd love to run through all the niceties that existed throughout today, and I'm sure eventually I'll get to that. But here is it is 1.40 in the morning local time. Wife and I just got back to our hotel room, however you want to call it, Hacienda. And it was such a different experience tonight with the plant medicine. So as I made mention yesterday, I didn't get anything. I I took the medicine, laid down, didn't feel anything, went back for a second dose, didn't feel anything again, and then basically went to sleep. Almost five hours of uninterrupted sleep with what would seemingly be no massive upside. And so today, I'm stepping into this experience thinking, essentially, what is to come? Like, it, it, today's my day. Today it's got to come. So much so that we're standing in line to take the first dosage. I'm telling Lindsay, like, I know I'm going to get sick. Like, you can feel it. It's my time. I'm going to purge. And it's, a, it's truly... Like it, it's absurd from where I sit now. And I say that because, again, went up for the first dose, didn't feel anything, went back for the second dose about an hour and a half later and was able to lay down and just get incredibly introspective. And maybe this is connecting to the mother. Maybe it's intuition. I think that whole necessity for definition has been keeping me stuck. You know, as I stepped into this experience, it's there's these three things you're supposed to do. Right? There's the talking to the plant medicine, talking to mother and saying, you know, show me who I have become. And so that's like the mantra. That's what I'm saying. That's like, and I'm, I'm, I've got this vision in my head that this is going to come across this magic motion picture screen in my mind of all the things that had to stack up for me to be just who I am. And so that's the intention. That's what I'm sitting there hoping for. You know, and the second step of this is that, you know, to merge me with my soul at all costs. And something like, man, there's going to be this cataclysmic event where I, I see myself coming into my own body and that's going to be the next step. Then the final step of the journey is supposed to be, you know, to heal my heart. And again, just... It, all the stories that others have shared with, you know, physically pulling their heart out of their chest and their mind and holding it and having it cleaned off and put back in. And man, this is, I can't wait for this to happen to me. And I think it already has. Let me explain what I mean. So I'm laying there and it starts coming to me after the second dosage. All these things that I'm searching for, all these definitions, I already have them all. I don't have to search for anything. 
because I actually sent the intention this evening prior to the medicine of just allowing me to essentially feel. I just asked just to be able to feel, just to trust. And so I didn't really realize until the end of the ceremony what that meant. You see, I, I can't say that I have always or even ever remember really trusting myself. You know, as if you've listened for quite some time, you know, the building of businesses and then failures thereafter and relationships that were, for all intents and purposes, great that I intentionally imploded had led me to this life of not really trusting myself. Like always waiting for this next shoe to drop. But there is no next shoe that's going to drop. There never needs to be another shoe to drop. Like shit, at this point, I don't even have shoes on. It's very difficult to fully articulate what this feels like. Because like this massive weight that's been lifted. And again, this comes on the backside of six hours. I mean, it's like I said, it's one o'clock in the morning, give or take, 145. And we start these ceremonies at 530. Really, it ends up being 630 by the time things get rolling. And so there's these hours of time that pass. And so this is all the way at the end. Like the lights are coming back on and it's, it just hits me. Like you just, you, you can trust now. There's a certain irony to this because one of the first rules that I have for every client that I work with is to trust the process. Because I know the process that I have in coaching works because it's proven. So I have been asking others to trust this process where internally I hadn't trusted my own process until today. And I say that because I'm able to go back through tonight's session. And after the second dose, I'm laying down and, you know, laying on my back on this single size mattress on the floor, clean linens on, whole deal. Hands interlocked behind my head, laying on my back, flat on the mattress, and just start processing all these things. Like, show me who I have become. I've been doing so much work on what that is for so long that the definition of necessity of being shown would mean that I don't already have it. And so I, I, I would cringe to say that I know better than the, the resort, than Jerry, than the medicine, but it's coming to me in these moments of like, maybe I don't have to fight into that so much. Maybe it's not some sort of, you know, purging where I'm bent over a bucket and I'm vomiting or I'm running to the bathroom and, you know, defecating. Maybe it's just a simple fact of, like the pieces and parts, the work that I've done has created who I am today. And there'll be more pieces that get uncovered as time goes on, but that I'm good where I'm at. And then the merging to the soul becomes interesting. Because as I'm laying there, and my wife who's laying behind me in bed doesn't know this, I'm facing a wall that you can't obviously see, looking at a microphone. 
I'm realizing in my life that merging me to my soul happened, give or take, four years ago. And that infamous day where she sat down with me in our living room and said, I'm capable of doing more. I'm capable of being better. I'm a better person than this. I was just on the backside of all the debauchery and all the crazy things I'd done. Right, Still having conversations with an ex and all this stuff. It's like, man, huh. That's been there a long time. And then heal my heart. It ends up being her. Like the two bat last pieces of the puzzle are the unification of her and I's relationship. Because the whole time the ceremony's going on, all I want to do is be next to her. Touch her, hold her, hold her hand. It's like all these things that I've been searching for are here all along. And the craziest part is I always have been. I just haven't been able to see them. Being able to trust myself, right? There'd be no reason not to ever trust myself again. The fact of needing all these definitions and different pieces and parts to make myself feel better when the best definition is there is no definition. And the medicine takes me through all types of unique journeys of just feeling compelled more and more going back, like just back in time. And it's very different because the Icaras that would be spoken in the night before are now actually a soundtrack that is played by the shamans, different shaman, two men this time. And the songs are beautiful. And they're English. <laughs> I can understand them. And I can just imagine like laying in the grass under the stars many, what I'll say, lifetimes ago. Many, many lifetimes ago. Realizing that like all the comparison, all the things that we all feel would not have existed then. You simply found people that you cared about or you were born into a tribe and the tribe moved around as it needed to and when the sun went down you enjoyed each other's company and you had conversation and there didn't have to be a better than or less than. Everybody just simply was. And this has been something that's been calling me for quite some time to, to connect more and more to nature to go back to this. And it's racing through my mind of how silly it is that we have like defined boundaries of territory. Like who are we to get to determine like the state boundaries? Like this is this state and that state. I know this is pretty far out there. It's just what it was in tonight's conversation in my head. And then there's a time period where I get up to use a restroom just to, to urinate. And there's a fire pit that the shaman had asked us or encouraged us that if we went outside, that the fire had this massive healing power and that you could turn over things you wanted to get rid of to the fire. And so I sit down 
after using the restroom across from the fire as I'm having all these thoughts about my wife. And now granted, my, my eyes have been closed almost this whole time and almost everyone in this room of 60 people is wearing white and, you know, dark hair and, you know, everybody kind of blends in together. And so I'm sitting there looking at the fire and feeling its warmth and going through what the shaman had asked us to say, which was essentially our mother's full name and our father's full name and addressing the fire and then turning over the things that we no longer wish to have. And I turned over my self-doubt. I turned over the fact that I'm not good enough. I turned over all these things and admittedly, Right in, in ayahuasca, the, the thing that makes it feel how it feels is DMT, dimethyltryptamine. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm completely feeling it, right? There's just warmth. There's this glow, not only from the fire, but from inside and from the way that it's affecting my body. And, of course, I look up, and on the other side of the fire is my wife. I have no idea where she came from. I had no idea how long she'd been sitting there. I just know she was there. And I'm captivated by her beauty, like just the way she is. Like everything about her. And she's experiencing her own experience. And part of one of the sacred rules of this is you don't impede in somebody else's territory, right? So we're not having conversations. I'm not asking her how she's doing. I'm not touching her, right? You, you leave everybody to their own. And so I'm watching her and do all this and she stands up and goes to walk away. And like, as she passes, she like leans over her shoulder and like winks and blows me a kiss and just skips away. That's just one of those moments that will forever be etched in my memory. Just like, this is exactly what my life is supposed to be. This is what it's always supposed to have been, and admittedly what it has always been. And so I sit up by the fire for a little bit longer and eventually head back inside to my mattress, and I'm laying down, again, eyes closed, pondering whatever the things are that I'm pondering and looking for answers for. And one of the side effects of this experience, right, we're in a pitch black maloca, Windows are open. We're in the middle of Costa Rica. There's not a lot of ambient light. And so you lose sense of time very quickly. And so I don't know if it was five minutes or 25 or three hours. But the next time I look up, open my eyes, of all the people, there's my wife walking past. Don't know why. Yeah, admittedly, I do know why. Because she was just supposed to. And so she she walks past. I watch her go lay down on her mattress for a moment. And again, just still captivated. Man, this is really my life. That all the things that have went on have led me to here right now. And I have this completely different perspective. Like it's not about pushing anything. Like everything that I want is here. Not only in the physical moment, but like in life itself. And the consistent need to push and drive and try to get more and more and more is futile. It's meaningless. 
like the end of the day to be barefoot laying in the grass underneath the stars with my wife and our daughter would be all that really actually matters. And that all this extra stuff is just stuff. And it's so silly to keep trying to accumulate. It's so crazy. So I'm going through this and going through this. And again, more questions, more questions. Laying back down. Stop looking at my wife. Another 5, 10, 50, 5 hours pass. I sit up for a second. My wife's up again. Right in front of me. And this time I notice her grabbing her blanket to head outside. What's well, everything in me? It's not a thing of being concerned about her. I just want to simply be around her. And so I know it's the rules, right? I'm not supposed to have conversation. We're not supposed to touch. We're not supposed to do anything. And so I go out. There's an outdoor yoga center that's adjacent to the Maloka. It's underneath, you know, covered roof. And she's laying on her back feet flat on the ground but knees up hands are locked behind her head like I walk over to her and all I want to do is bend down and lay next to her and touch her and so I, I walk so close and I look I'm looking at her like, man this is phenomenal like this is the rest of my life this is this is all of it is right here instead of bending down and touching or anything like that, I just stare. Stare at her, look up at the sky, and realize that all the things that I want are are literally like here. And more importantly, that I've done all this before. That's what becomes very interesting. The shamans have said this throughout the process, and Jerry said it on the very first day. We all had a soul's contract to be here together, the 60 of us. And it wouldn't really make sense, right? Like, there's people from all over the globe that are here right now. I do find it interesting that quite a few of the people here, the cities they reside in, the being cities in which I have had or currently have clients in. It's a little unique to me. But like we all had to be here for some specific reason together. And more importantly, that our souls have been connected for longer than just right now. And as we're going through all this, you know, these past three days, certainly the past two, I keep telling Lindsay, like, I've, I've been here before. Like, I know what's going on. None of this feels foreign to me. I'm not afraid of any of this. And even the stories and the people that are sharing and the energies and just the connections, it's like, man, I, I know I've done this. I know this had existed. And so the pieces go together and eventually the house lights come back on. And as I said, I, I start to realize more and more that the things that I'm right. I say, I say quite often things that I'm seeking are seeking me. It's not even that they're seeking me. They are me. All this is me. Just like your whole world is you. And then as the ceremony ends, we everybody, I'll say, piles around the shaman, right? Makes a semicircle, and there's some sharing, and there's some things that goes on. 
And the things that the shaman is saying are all things that I have been saying for a long time. I admittedly don't know where I've gotten a lot of what I share from. The source, higher power, a book, the mother, I don't know. But I know it's like this underlying current of all the classes, all the things. Like I keep looking at Lindsay and smiling. I was like, yep, I train on that or I live that way. That was one of the things from tonight, the shamans. Like, you know, you got to treat yourself like you would the, a child. You wouldn't lie to a child. You wouldn't misfeed a child. You wouldn't do, you know, you wouldn't give a child drugs or alcohol. Like if you treated your adult self like your child self and ran all your decisions through that perspective, you would start to feel a whole lot better. It's like that whole thing of heal the boy and heal the man and all these things just stack up. It's been a very surreal experience these past two days. Seeing how everything just goes together. Not a backfill. Lindsay and I get up this morning, certainly tired after last evening. Right, The nights are, the days are long. So are the nights. The mornings come quick. So begrudgingly, we get out of bed. We shuffle down to breakfast. Get there at 8.45 or so. First class for us starts at 9. It's a teaching of, of Michael um, Beckwith's work, which is really incredible. But it's incredible in the nature of it's what I've been living now for years. And I know I've read his books, right? but it's just so fascinating. We're sitting in this class that starts at nine and we sit, end up sitting around talking to Jerry for a little while before. So admittedly, we're probably 10 or 15 minutes late to the class. And we get there and it's like, yep, I know, yep, uh-huh, I know this, I know this. And it's not, it's not from the egotistical side of things. It's the fact of like somehow I've, I've known this inside of me for a long time. Just like who I am and the things that I know and how I help people, like I've been doing this for a lot longer than just this lifetime. Like I fought it to start my life in this lifetime because of the necessity for material possessions and things that I thought mattered. And don't get me wrong, this is not some woo-woo, like we don't need material possessions. Like that was the sole motivating factor for me. That was the thing, that was the decision maker, that was a driver. Instead of what makes me feel good. What makes the inner child of me feel good? How can I add value to people's lives? And then what's the byproduct on the backside? And so these things all just go on on top of each other. And the Michael Beckwith class turns into a Novacell discussion, which is a stem cell therapy they have here on, on site. Get a little more educated on what the stem cell the protocol would be. Fortunately for, for Lindsay and I, we get a treatment of that tomorrow, which well, I guess it's really today, but we'll clue you into that afterwards. 
so we we go to that class and then lunch is at noon so we're we're back up to lunch come back to the hotel room her hacienda for a little while after lunch just to get out of the sun and cool down a little bit do a little work relax and then we have a massage at two and the massage was amazing right not a couple's massage but a massage in its own right and it was deep tissue and just incredibly relaxing so that was a 50 minute massage get that done then we head to the first plant integration class with Jerry where he sits and takes us through what we'd experienced yesterday and what we can hopefully experience today and how those pieces go together and it's interesting because I, I had a nada as I referred to it and so we asked the class, like, okay, who had a nada? It was 12 of us, let's say, that raised our hands. He goes, okay, well, you know, raise your hand if you're not a, that you were awake the whole time. Like eight people raised their hands. He goes, nope, that's not a nada. So they put their hands down. And then it's, okay, well, raise your hand if you purge during your nada. And two more people raised their hands. So nope, that, that's, that's not one either. And so there's one or two of us, right, with our hands still held. And he goes, you know, if you fell asleep and nothing happened, that's like the greatest gift in the world. It means the the plant and the medicine is getting to know you and it's integrated in you. And tonight's experience will be even more impactful. Well, my mind impactful had to mean, again, by the necessity of definition and just the stories that I had told myself, it, impactful would mean pain. Right? Impactful would mean that I would have to go through all these things, right? The purging and the vomiting and the diarrhea and the yelling and the crying and all this stuff. It's like, man, how many other places in my life do I search out the pain? Because that pain, when I break through, it would show me that that's what success is. It's really the opposite of what I believe it to really be. Wouldn't success mean being in flow, being able to do things in a sequential order that just comes naturally. And don't get me wrong, I would certainly love if there's things for me to purge and get rid of. I want to do that. I don't want to hold on to anything when I leave here. But I don't know that I have to do that to get the quote-unquote gift on the backside. And so the plant integration classes from three to four come back to the room, I change and go grab a quick workout, hop in the hot, uh, I call it the cold pool and the hot pool, back and forth after the workout, come back to the room, shower quickly, and then it's it's down to the Maloka at 5.30 for the ceremony. It was just such a different energy, such a, a loving room and such incredible, just incredible shamans that were there today and not that the ladies yesterday weren't it was just vastly different i mean think about it two women that are german in descent speaking in icaras of all types of different tongues versus very light airy like just positive light music in the background from two guys one's from indianapolis and one was from Somewhere in upstate New York. Just a massively different vibe. 
And so it's, I don't have a great way to wrap up this show other than encouraging you to take care of your adult self like you would a child. I think that's an incredibly impactful takeaway. I'd encourage you to realize that resistance does not always have to be the answer. I certainly don't want to shy away from a little resistance, but going with the flow has has something to be said for it. And then really that the answers that you might be looking for to the questions that you have might be much closer than you realize. And that little voice inside of your head or intuition or mother or source or whatever it would be probably is giving you exactly what you need. You just might not realize it. And when you start to realize it and you start to own it and embody it every day, you'll find out that going forward, you'll get shit done.